Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what was the non-human entity that one person came across late one night? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep, that's what it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like our program, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person, an EPP as we call them, over at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. So lots of ways to support our show. Keep us on the air. We would absolutely love the support. We cannot do this without you. Get all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, ebook, audiobook, and all of the extras that we continue to come up with all the time to help support our program and keep us going. We cannot thank you enough for doing that at uh, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or uh, ghostpodcast.com. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi, Tony. What's up, Tony? Uh, I guess a lot, you know, <laughs> Really, <laughs> you know, it's like, can I, your can I, life is never a dull moment lately. It's one of those things where it's like, when people ask that question, I never know like how to answer. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, cause people just like, want to like, good. You know, I'm like, but I'm like, that's kind of shitty today. <laughs> like what I, you have to, oh, nothing. Well, when the, it's like, my life is out of control. The other day I was, um, I got asked that question from a friend of mine, uh, Andrea Perrin, who is, um, She's going to be on one of the episodes of the Grave Talks here in the coming weeks. Um, Andrea Perrin is one of the chil- adult children uh, who lived through The Conjuring. Um, that that whole experience uh, in that that farmhouse. And we've been friends now for like eight years. And she's been on the show many, many times. And we were catching up. And she's like, how you doing? I'm like, it's been kind of a shitty day. <laughs> and but she's she's very empathic and very intuitive and it was just kind of like she kind of gave me a little therapy session before we went on the air um but she's such a great woman and just a, such a nice lady but you'll love the new interview we catch up on um everything that's going on in her world on the grave talks and uh, we talk about the new conjuring movie we talk about uh everything that's been going on since they visited the conjuring house as a family the whole parent family and all that it really one-on-one exclusive interview over on the grave talks and i think you guys will really enjoy it but but that day i just i was talking to her i was like i just broke up with a girlfriend so uh it's kind of shitty i know (laughs) i know yeah but oh uh, well yeah but you know yeah but and and for the forward but for the listeners that are wondering because i i still get this now like you mentioned girlfriend like what's going on i'm like me and jenny have been divorced since last year um, so I am dating again and I have, I just actually went through a new relationship and it, it has ended and she was a really nice person and it all we really, for the most part went well, but it just wasn't a right fit. Um, but it was just kind of weird to like jump on the air and be like, yeah, that's what's going on. So, but she's, uh, it, it was, it was a good conversation and, uh, it was just nice to have, uh, her insight on things. And question about them, like the yeah. conjuring. Yeah. So who's making so obviously the story gets out there somebody writes a book about it or something it ends up as the movie who 
makes the money? Like, was well, it somebody's intellectual right? Like, did the family make some money off of sharing their story, I, or how does? It I work? don't know how it was all divided out. I mean, um, and you can't really ask. Oh, and did I, you make yeah. any money off that? Andrea has written three books called House of Darkness, House of Light, that are her accounts personally of living in that house, and it's a three series book. And she's actually in development right now with it, creating it into a um, a series. Um, a, a, a a television series um, through one of the streaming services, and I I can't say that could more be than really that. interesting. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, yeah. So it's going to be like The Conjuring. If you love that story, it's going to be a long form series on. And I I, I, I I myself don't even know what's what uh, platform it's on yet, but um, but she's working on that. Um, but um, it's. I don't know how it all has worked down. I, so I'm not going to profess to know that. Um, but uh, I know that she did have some input into the movie, but I know a lot of the movie was, you know, it, it's Hollywood. It, it It's making right. the movie into what it is. Um, so a lot of it was, you know, over dramatized from reality as have all those movies, which I'm, I'm a little bit, frankly, a little disappointed in just because I, I'm close to the the family that exists still of Ed and Lorraine Warren and to see the kind of the exploitation of it. But at the same point, it's there's awareness going on. And if you didn't have that, there'd be less awareness. So and Ed was all about awareness of this, the what was going on. So I think Ed would actually be probably pretty happy with what's going on uh, as far as the the movies and all that go. But um, at the same point, it's like, the the, the the movies are way the fuck blown out of proportion from what actually occurred and I don't on their think investigations. That they have to be done like that. I think that that's my problem with a lot of movies yeah. is that because I saw one of the Amityville horror movies because there's like what six of them. Well, and that's different. That that was not that separated from their their uh, trilogy. But yes, they were involved in that yeah. story. Yes, and but the the. Like, there's a really great basis for a story here, and yeah. then it goes too far. It does. And a lot of them get really bloody, and there's weird, like, blood coming from the walls and shit. You gotta make money. But, I get it. But, yeah. yeah. And so, but I think this, the shows I find the most terrifying are the ones that get up to that line and yeah. don't go cross it. Well, Because it seems yeah. believable. And when me and Andrea and, were talking the other day, one of the things that she said to me was, because she was talking about all the TV shows and everything about the, the, the conjuring, obviously very popular. Um, and she was saying, you know, one of her favorites that she was involved with was the one on kindred spirits that Adam and Amy Bruni were involved on. Um, and the way that they presented the story. Uh, however, it was, you know, you had, they were there for many, many hours. You had to minimize this thing into like 40 minutes. Um, and there was a lot of things that were missed on the cutting room floor, but it was a very um, tasteful, if you will, in my opinion, um, portrayal of their experience that didn't go way out of hand. And that that's so, the problem. So many things go way out of hand. So the Graves Talk, the Graves Talk, episode, Grave Talks episode, yes. is that, uh, I couldn't get that out. Is that by the time this airs, is that already up? Soon. It'll be airing okay. in uh, in July. Is when that one will okay. be dropping. Because that'll be yeah. a good episode. Yeah. I mean, and Andrea's been on this show. She's been on that show before. Um, she was like one of our first episodes on all of our shows. And she's been a, a friend to the show forever. Um, and it was just really nice to catch up with her. And we've been texting back and forth all week of just stuff. 
Um, but it's been fun to, to catch back up with her. Um, so look forward to that and uh, many more conversations with her uh, in uh, in the future. So it's over on uh, thegravetalks.com or just search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts. Let's jump into our program today here on Real Ghost Stories Online. Our first one says, I'd like to say I am disturbed about my subject. And since the internet has come out, I have been looking for answers to explain what I saw and to this day no one seems to have an answer I see that some people very few have seen almost exactly what I saw but that is where the experience ends no answer I grew up in southern New Jersey about three miles or so from Fort Dix Army Base in the 70s in a small town Country Lakes growing up here everyone around knew that the woods here are very scary and more so at night as a kid, my friends and I were always running through the woods or driving down the dark dirt roads or the pine barrens at night, and it became almost normal to hear that someone heard or saw something unexplainable. I heard many stories from people, but I never saw anything until it was around 1978, around 10 years old. During the summer, my best friend at the time and I came to my house after running around outside, and it was already dark out, probably around 9 p.m., my friend lived right next door to me. Our houses were right up against the woods in our backyards. After playing, we went to my backyard and sat on the deck with our feet hanging over the side and were small talking because it was time for him to go home soon. As we were sitting in the dark, I happened to look over my right, say the one or two o'clock position, and to my surprise, I saw two large glowing red eyes staring straight at us. His eyes were about eight or so feet high from the ground and not a normal height for a person. The second thing, these eyes were large and say they seemed to be the size of a tennis ball. That was from around 30 yards. I can best describe the color as almost the same color as a brake light from a car. Same type of glow. Looked like there was a small black pupil in the middle. Whatever this was, it did not move at all and it made itself obvious the way it was just staring at us. Another thing I noticed is I could see no body and no face. There was no outline at all, but it was very dark. I was standing right on the edge of the tree line in my backyard. So I glanced over and saw this. I became very scared. My reaction was to swing my left arm and hit my friend to get his attention and point to the obvious. I was so scared. I did not speak, just reacted. This entire moment was literally only a few seconds. As my friend saw this, we both shot up and ran as fast as we could into my house. We got inside. We went straight to the back window and saw these eyes leaving through the woods like it was running. And you could see the eyes going in a flowing motion up and down like it was flying. But the woods were too thick for that. What I saw was not human and huge. I'm now 50 years old and I believe I'll never know what the hell this was. This is the first time I have ever told what I saw publicly. Thoughts, Carol? That's interesting to me. Like, that's the first time that she, he has ever shared the story before. I mean, maybe by publicly, like, yeah. a platform like this is pretty public, I guess. But I don't, I mean... What could it be? You know, if you try to just, you know, like you throw out all the, well, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. 
Like, how many options could it be? Like, a car lights in the distance, but you know what those look like. Yeah, exactly. What else could two red lights be? And with, you know, and, and, there's and not there's, a lot yeah. of things that you can throw out there. And there's a big difference between red lights and eyes. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you, can, you can see red lights and go, it's a car. You know, like, right. two you red eyes that. together are like, oh, that's Ghostbusters shit going on right there. You know? You know, unless you were young and dropping acid, then maybe. Maybe but then, sh- yeah, sure. But there was no mention of, <laughs> and we were doing acid. <laughs> it would be a helpful uh, cue in the stories if that's ever what's going on. Yeah. Just a side Just note a, yeah. to the listeners. Just so. know you can do this anonymously. No one will know you're doing acid. We're not going to judge you, but but yeah, please add that to the, uh, the comment section so we can uh, put that into our consideration. But, I had a conversation over the weekend with a friend of mine who um, had no idea I did this podcast, and yeah. which is kind of funny. But um, and I don't know her super well yet, but she's a very nice person. But she was telling me about a story when she was about five, and she woke up and there was somebody sitting on her, and with very, with red eyes like that. Like okay, so that like the sleep paralysis type. Yeah, and she said she screamed though, and her yeah. mom came running in. And yeah. she was screaming and she's like, it's on me, it's on me. And, yeah. and uh, she could see the red eyes and she saw the mom chasing it away. So the mom well, saw the mom it? Said, no, the mom just said later she did that because her kid's five. And you know okay. how you go in and he's like, I'm going to get rid of like, the monster underneath yeah. your bed. And then yeah. you, oh, he's gone. Yeah. And But she said that, she goes, it was really weird. She goes, it was like, it left. Yeah. But she's, and it only happened to her one time. It's the weirdest thing. It's called old hag syndrome is what it's called. And it's part of sleep paralysis. And the weird thing. Are you thing, making this part up? No, I'm not. This is exactly. Old hag syndrome no, sounds no. like something. I know. I know it sounds crazy. I first heard about it um, almost 20 years ago. Do you think this person could have? Yes. That could be old hag yes. syndrome? Yes. 100%. But here, here's the thing. I don't know if it's supernatural and I don't know if it's psychological. Because so many people have that exact same experience. Essentially what it is, it's sleep paralysis. And if you are, if you open your eyes during sleep paralysis, 70, 80% of the time, you're going to see a creepy looking woman sitting on you. Ah, and people, shit, freak, I don't want that to people happen. freak the fuck out and for good reason. But that for some reason is the image that, that the mind conjures up. Now, my question though, is the mind conjuring it up or are people actually experiencing this and we're writing it off as this is a psychological condition that happens when your brain, it's, it's, it is sleep paralysis is what it is. And that's the weird thing. Cause I believe there are sleep paralysis sim- conditions where it is simply psychological, but I believe there's times too, where the supernatural or the paranormal influence those moments and take control to a certain extent and kind of have their way with the people who are, are dealing with that at the moment. I had a sleep paralysis at one one time in my life, only one night I had that experience. Freaked the shit out of me. I'm glad I never opened my eyes. Um, but I, I sat, I, but the thing is I sat up and that's what's weird about it is because normally paralysis is you don't, can't move at all. I was enough to sit up and I sat up and then I was paralyzed. I was paralyzed for probably I don't know, 30 seconds max. It felt like a hell of a lot longer than that, but it felt like something moved through me. It felt like a cloud moved through me. That's the only way I can describe it. And so I've described it for years. 
and it was just like almost like kind of make you shiver as it goes through you. And then it stopped and it was gone. But I was freaked the fuck out. I did the, of course, safe God, thing. Yeah. I, I, when I was on, when I, when I was able to move, I pulled, of course, my blankets over my head <laughs> and, and, and hit underneath the covers and eventually fell asleep. Um, but then the next day I put a crucifix above my bed because, of course. because I learned later that the wall behind my bed, um, was adjacent to a stairwell, which had a lot of reported ghostly experiences of a woman carrying a child up and down a stairwell which uh, it was a downtown area. So picture that I'm on the second floor of a downtown building and right behind it's one of those stairwells that goes up to the second floor. And that creeped me out quite a bit. Never had it again. That was the only time. Didn't open my eyes, didn't see anything, but that was my sleep paralysis experience. It could have been 100% psychological, but I went out to dinner the next week with some paranormal investigators. This is pre-ghost hunters. This is pre-ghost adventures and all that. And I was wanting to talk to people and learn about what this was all about. And I used my media clout to get some people to come and talk to me. And that's um, that's what I learned. That's how I learned about sleep paralysis. They explained that to me and that whole concept at that moment. And of course, in the years following, I've studied and learned much more about that. But that is the gist of what that is. But those people sitting outside, that's not old lady syndrome no. when you're wide awake, no. right? Well, I mean, unless, no, it's, it, that's, that's different. No, I mean, it, that's that's different. That's a different situation. But typically, if you are uh, asleep and you feel like a pressure on your chest or your stomach and you wake up and you can't move, that's the image you'll see. Now, could it be psychological? Because it's something in our brains that just somehow, as human beings, conjures up this image of an old woman. I don't know why or what. And it maybe it's very, you know, primordial that that's what we do. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but um, it happens quite a bit. And that seems to be where it goes. Other times it's shadow people, shadow things and things of that nature. But the old hag is one of the most notorious when it comes to the world of uh, of having sleep paralysis. God, I don't even want to go to bed tonight. Just have you case. ever had sleep paralysis? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Open your eyes next time. No, thank you. Have fun. I'll be like, get out of my house, old lady. Be something to write home about. Take some pictures. <laughs> be like, you're not real. You're not real. You're not real. That's why you have like a ring <laughs> camera, like set up like on your bedstand, so you can like just you know. It captures movement and shit. I, I, I do not have one set up my bedstand. <laughs> I've thought about it, but I don't. I've, I'm like in every other angle of my house other than my bedroom. But uh, that, uh, that would be interesting, though, to see um, if there was like orbs or anything kind of, you know, moving yeah, around. Yeah, see, I don't know that I want to see that. I'm fascinated by other people's, yeah. but I don't want to see that in my house. Exactly. No, no thanks. It's... Uh, it's a little weird. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our next caller. He says, about 10 years ago, uh, when I was 22, I was a single mom to a four-year-old son. I needed to get a part-time job on the weekends to make ends meet. So I found an opportunity to clean houses on the weekend, which worked out good with my schedule. Allow me to bring my son with me while I worked. So it was a perfect side job. My very first job assignment was to clean out the home of an elderly woman who had passed away and her family needed items 
sorted to be donated. So I was instructed on what to do and plan for a full Saturday of cleaning out this home. Brought my son with me that day as I had no one to watch him. When we got home, I immediately began cleaning out the rooms and closets down the hall. There was a nice big fenced in backyard that my son could play in. I opened the kitchen patio door and told him he could keep it open and let air in as the house was hot. Not too long afterwards, I'm cleaning out the closet and my son runs back to the bedroom that I was working in and he shows me a pair of eyeglasses that he found. I told him he needed to take the eyeglasses off and put them outside in the backyard trash pile. I assumed it was elderly woman's eyeglasses since she lived there alone at the time of her death. But an hour later, I heard my son talking to someone outside. I had no idea who it could be. I immediately got up to see who he was talking to. I peeked out of the patio door and looked all around. I did not see anyone but my son, who was standing next to the trash pile in the middle of the yard. I thought maybe the neighbor was talking to him behind the fence, so I looked around, but I saw no one. I asked him who he was talking to. He pointed to a trash pile where the eyeglasses were, and he said, The old lady. She's looking for her glasses. So I was showing her where they were. I could not believe what I just heard. It scared me to no end. Immediately, I turned white, and severe shock came over me. I grabbed my son, my purse, my keys, and left the house without finishing anything, as I was supposed to. I was terrified. I never cleaned out another house again. Except my own thoughts on that one. I think I'd have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, you think? Like, okay, we're leaving now, yeah. honey. <laughs> Mommy's just not feeling so good. Yeah. Tell me, Egg. But, you know, it kind of goes, goes back to, like, kids and how they can see things. But I just don't know that I could go back into the house knowing that this old lady is out there talking to my kid. Yeah. Like, okay, you might be harmless and, you know, you just want to communicate with somebody, but, you know, it's my kid. Yeah. Can't do that. And it makes me feel, I don't know, then, it, you know, part of me is a little sad for the old woman because, you know. Sure. She's, nobody can see her. She's stuck talking to little kids. Yeah. But yeah, that would totally freak me out. A little bit of freaky, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, Or a yeah. lot bit freaky, quite honestly. Yeah, Yeah, I'd have done the same thing, though. Like, made up some kind of weird excuse. Could you have told the people, though? Would you, like, say, you know, here's the deal. I had to leave the house because apparently the woman was there talking to my son. And no. sorry. <laughs> no. Made me a little uncomfortable. You'd have kept that to yourself. Probably, yeah. I don't know if I would have. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Because I don't know that they'd want to know that. That's the thing, yeah. But it's then like, maybe well, they yeah. would want to know. Um, they may want to know, but I don't, know if I, I, don't, I don't know if I want them to know is, is kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. I don't know. Creepy story. But I, it sounds like she didn't. Thank you for sharing that. 855-853-4802. Our phone number. Let's go to a caller. Hi, you are on the air. Hi, Tony. It's Autumn. I'm from St. Thomas, Ontario. Um, I've been contemplating on calling in. I tried to write in before, but I'm not a really good storyteller. I, I was all over the place. I think I've been an EPP 
now for a little over a month, and I've been listening ever since my second child when I was pregnant with her back in 2019. So I just decided it's time for me to become an EPP. So um, the story goes back to when I was 20, going on 21. I was pregnant with my first child. So I'd unfortunately dropped out of college and moved in with my um, dad's parents in uh, a little village called Shedden, which is in Southfield Township here outside of St. Thomas, Ontario. Um, so I moved in there, um, everything was good. And I grew up not knowing that I had an aunt that unfortunately got hit by uh, a truck um, when she was six years old. I seen pictures of her when I was growing up, but I always assumed it was my dad because she resembles my dad so much. Anyway, so I found out that I had an aunt and the way I found out, you know, I heard my aunt Donna talking about her, but uh, the cemetery that's literally down the road from my grandparents, that's how I found out. and this was after my first child was born. I went there with her. She was only a few months old, and that's how I found out that I had an aunt, Diane. Anyway, after she passed, um, you know, my my grandpa was really upset, but uh, he lost his first daughter, and so I think it was two days after she had passed away that uh, my my grandpa was sitting in his chair, um, which was very close to the the stairs that go upstairs to the second level. And she was there up at the top of the stairs, um, as my grandpa described. And she was telling him how much um, he loves him. And So that was that. And so like when I was living with them, um, I was having dreams of this little girl. And it wasn't the baby I was pregnant with because my daughter is biracial. Um, I was having dreams of tucking this little girl into bed um, just down the way from my grandpa's room. And turns out that was the room that was hers when she was little. And she was just talking to me that she was scared. She was sitting on the stairs. And in my dream, I was walking her up and telling her it was okay. And taking her into room, getting her into bed, and tucking her in and telling her it'll all be okay. Um, Just get some rest. Little did I know during that dream, that was the night of her death date. And... um, at breakfast, my grandpa had asked me, did you go in um, the room down the way the previous day? And I said, no. He's like, that's weird. The last few nights, I've been having to get up at 2.30 in the morning on my way to go to my nightly washing break and close the door because it's open. Meanwhile, at breakfast, and again, it's her death date, her anniversary of her death, and 
My grandpa has workbenches right down in the basement. That's also a cellar. Our house was born, built in 1904. And as we're talking about this, all of his stuff flew right off of his workbench and crashed and hit the cement floor. Obviously, um, someone didn't like that we were talking about that. So, and unfortunately, my grandpa passed away in September 2019, um, a month before I was to have my second child. Um, he passed away of brain cancer. Him and my oldest daughter were very close. And my grandpa was a good man. He loved his children. He still does. And he loved all of his grandchildren. Anyways, I hope to hear this on one of your podcasts, and I hope to call in soon again. Thank you for all the great content. Bye. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. Thoughts? You know, I think it's very interesting that that would have happened on the death of her anniversary of her death. Yeah. And it makes, I mean, coincidence? I don't really think so. No. You know, I think that she was there because I do think like, and once, once you're dead, what is time at that point? You know, if you feel connected to those people, like, I think that you could still be part of their life and not necessarily be like, present every single day mm-hmm. or maybe you come and go maybe you can go here for a while or there I don't know I don't know how it works but I definitely you know think that you know especially when they're really young it would be hard like I, I would think you would always as a parent you'd be grieving them so deeply that that connection I think would be so strong like you wouldn't want him to ever leave yeah so don't you think there could be some power to that? Like it could kind of hold them to you a little bit? Completely, yeah. You know, especially because she said how much he loved, you know, he he loved his kids. He loved his grandkids. I don't know. I, mean, I, there, yeah. I think there's, there's that story. connection there that, that that could certainly make a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting one. It was. It was a good story. Thank you for sharing that with us here on the program. If you want to share your story, our phone number is 855-853-4802. You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and share it with us whenever you want to. Middle of the night, we get those too, where it's like, there's freaky shit going on in my house. (laughs) I'd like to tell you about it, or in my nursing unit, or whatever. We've we've gotten it all over the uh, the last almost ten years, so please do share with us eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Or if you're a writing person, uh, go to realghoststoriesonline dot com and uh, write it in there. We greatly appreciate that. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like our show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person on EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Without your support. This thing would not exist. So thank you in advance for that. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.